0: In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to talk about the news. Not the weekly news, not the monthly news, not this year's news. No, I'm going to talk about the biggest news story in human history. I'm going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. So it's Easter weekend. Today as I, as I present this show to you, it's actually Good Friday. Now we have over 2.2 billion people in the world right now who claim Christianity as their faith, as their worldview, as their guiding ethos, as their true north. They claim, by profession at least, to believe in the story of Jesus Christ. The true historical account of who Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, the man who came and claimed to be God himself, yes, he did. He identified as God. He said, I am. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He told people that he and the Father were one, that if you had seen him, you had seen the Father. The Apostle Paul tells us that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There was nothing created that wasn't created by him and through him. He's talking about Jesus. He's making the claim that Jesus is God. So if you're listening to me right now and you're saying, well, that, uh, that Jesus being God stuff was just made up by Christians hundreds of years after the fact. No, that's not true. The earliest documentation that we get directly from the, the apostles themselves the earliest creed in all of church history that comes not through the Nicene Creed or the Athanasian Creed or the Apostles' Creed. It comes from the book of 1 Corinthians. It comes from the Apostle Paul. And this is a creed that he likely wrote some eight years or so after the death and resurrection an ascension of Jesus Christ after the events themselves not 30 years 40 years 50 years 100 years after the fact but a mere handful of years and he didn't he didn't make it up he it didn't originate with him he was taught that creed by someone else who likely Peter and John and others so the creed itself is born has its roots within two or three years after the events themselves so, I want to talk about the creeds, specifically what the creeds say about the resurrection, about Easter. And I want to share with you some other quotes throughout the course of human history from other people who I've identified as Christians who have claimed the worldview, the belief system, and the historical veracity of the story of Jesus Christ, his life, his death. And his resurrection, which proved everything he said about himself, about creation, about you, and about me, how we should live our lives, and how we can have eternal life. His resurrection proved it all true. That's today's story. It's a news story. But it's not the news of LGBTQIA. It's not the news of Joe Biden. It's not the news of the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. It's not the news of Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. It's not the news of Chuck Schumer or Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. It's not the news that our news networks want to focus on. It's the news that changed the course of human history like no other news before or after it. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. And lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. So welcome back to the Rebellion. Like I said, on today's show I want to talk about the news again, but I want to talk about the news, the news story that actually changed human life. History, politics, science, everything. This news story of Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, a carpenter from a small backwoods town, oil patch town, if you will, in Israel, who walked everywhere his entire life, or maybe rode a donkey periodically, never probably ventured much more than 30 miles outside of his place of birth. Uh, taught a relative few. Yes, we hear that he taught thousands on a mountainside when he delivered the sermon that we call the Sermon on the Mount and talked about the Beatitudes. We hear that he roamed from one country village to another and that he even visited the big city of Jerusalem a few times throughout the course of his life. But by today's standards, he didn't really talk to that many people. And his inner circle was relatively small. It was 12 people. There were more people that followed him on a routine basis. In fact, we're told in one of the creeds that over 500 people actually saw him after he rose from the dead. And that creed that tells us of that was written just three, four years after the events themselves. So if it was false, if it was fake news, you had... 500 people that could have come forward and said, that's not true, and there's absolutely no record that they did. And you have the inner circle of 12, all of whom gave their lives for this story, this creed, this simple description, this this news event. All of these journalists, if you will, those that were there to actually record the facts and then write them down and share them with the public, all of these people, with the exception of one, died violent, excruciating deaths. They were crucified. They were sawn asunder, sawn in half. They were boiled in oil. They were impaled on stakes. They were beheaded. Now, why, why did they suffer such violent torture? Willingly, without fighting back, without rising up, forming their own armies, their own militaries to fight aggression. They did so because they believed this story. They they believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that's what we're celebrating this weekend. We've been doing it for some 2,000 years, and as I said in the introduction to the show, we've got 2.2 billion worldwide who claim, at least in thought and confession, to be Christians. What do they believe? What is the glue that holds this particular worldview, this religion, if that's what you want to call it, this faith, this creed together? What is the glue that, ho- that holds Christianity together as, as one cohesive thought, a unified perspective on how to think and how to believe and how to live and how to hope for the future? What is the glue? Well, I'm arguing today that that glue is the resurrection, because there are lots of religions out there. You've got the Baha'i faith, you've got Islam, you have Buddhism and Hinduism, you have New Agers. I've argued many times on this show, everyone has a religion, a belief system. Everyone thinks there is a God. Even those who deny that actually do, because they're worshiping themselves. They've elevated themselves as the ultimate authority, the creator of all. They're creating men and women today that they believe they can define, and if definition and defining something is synonymous with creating something, which is pretty close anyway to being a synonymous concept, if definition, if creation, if thinking that something should be this way and then taking action to make it so makes you a creator, a implementer, an instigator, an authority over that entire process, then you could argue that you're elevating something to be the God over all of that. We've elevated ourselves. So everybody believes in a God. If you take God out of the equation, it's not that you don't believe in God any longer. It's that you will believe anything is a God, yourself included. I guess that's a bit of a paraphrase of G.K. Chesterton. So what do the creeds tell us about the resurrection? Well, let's go to the Apostles' Creed. It says, I believe in Jesus Christ, that he was crucified, dead, and buried. That's pretty uncontroversial right there, right? You could believe in anybody. You could believe in the Apostle Paul and Peter and John. You could believe in Martin Luther King Jr., that he was killed and that he was dead and that he was buried. That's all that part of the Creed says. But here's what follows in the Apostles' Creed that he, Jesus Christ, rose again from the dead. Now, are you going to make that claim about Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, George Floyd? Are you going to make that claim about anybody? That it was a leader of another Christian faith? Are you going to claim that Muhammad died and then rose again from the dead? No. These other faith systems, worldviews, do not make such claims. Christianity is unique. The Apostles' Creed says that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead and that he ascended into heaven. And then it says this, From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. So not only did he die and get buried, but he rose again and appeared to a lot of people after his resurrection. He just didn't go directly to heaven. He walked and talked and ate with people after the resurrection. Again, I'm going to share with you in a second a creed that precedes the Apostles' Creed that actually tells us how many. But we're told that Jesus, after the resurrection, ascended into heaven, and from there, from thence, he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. He's going to be our judge at the end of days. And it's because of this belief in Jesus Christ, the Father God, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the Triune God, that we have what is called the Holy Catholic Church, not in the sense of the Roman Catholic Church, but the universal church, because that's what the word Catholic means. The universal church, the communion of the saints, those who believe, communion, standing lockstep together, locking arms in unity for what message? This message, the death of... Burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that he rose again, ascended into heaven, and he's sitting there now, and he will return to judge the quick and the dead, the living and the dead, everyone, everyone, you and me. I believe, says the Apostles' Creed, in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Amen. That's the Apostles' Creed. Now, let me turn the page here. I want to I read to you part of the Nicene Creed. Again, the creed that I'm reading right now says more than this, but I'm focusing on the glue that holds it all together because without the resurrection, we wouldn't have these creeds. Nobody would care. It would just be another hero, another sage, or another martyr. Nobody would care. The Nicene Creed says this, we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, of one being with the Father. So if there was any question that this Jesus Christ guy was different than other human beings, the Nicene Creed is making that clear. As I said earlier, Jesus made the claims for himself. He obviously claimed to be God. His earliest followers, John, for example, claimed he was God. All of the apostles, except one, John, who was tortured severely, but yet didn't die from that torture. All of the other disciples died violent deaths, impaled on pikes, crucified upside down, beheaded by a Roman sword. sawn asunder, saw it in half. We're told that the, the apostle Thomas was actually filleted alive, like a fish. Why would, they, why would they endure that? Why wouldn't they say, no, 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 we made it up. Uh, uh, we, we believe in the morality, we believe in the message, we believe in the politics, but no, the resurrection. We won't stake our lives on that. Why wouldn't they have recanted rather than suffer such violent deaths? You might want to ask your, yourself that question before you discount this stuff, this historical record of the biggest news story ever in human history. The Nicene Creed goes on. Through him, Jesus Christ, all things were made. Again, a direct claim to God. He's the creator. And for us and for our salvation, he, Jesus Christ, light from light, God from true God, came down. Came down where? To earth. For us and our salvation, he came down from heaven to earth, and for our sake, he was crucified. He suffered death and was buried, and he rose again. There it is again, the resurrection. He rose again, the biggest news story in human history. He rose again. This leader, this sage, this thinker, this scholar, this teacher, this politician, if that's what you want to call him, this person, Jesus Christ, this guy that people hated so much that they crucified him. They killed him. He rose again from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will never end. And then the Nicene Creed concludes, we look for the resurrection of the dead. There's that word again, resurrection, and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let it be. So there's two creeds. Let's read another creed. This one is called the Athanasian Creed. It comes later on. They want to make sure that everybody understands what what Christianity is. And it's a longer creed, but I'm going to read portions of it to you. We worship the one God in Trinity, that there is one person. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the Godhead of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost are all one, co-eternal. Father incomprehensible, Son incomprehensible, Holy Ghost incomprehensible, Father eternal, Son eternal, Holy Ghost eternal. There are not three Almighties, but one Almighty. Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Ghost is God. They're telling us that this is a triune God. We can't understand it, but it's clear that Jesus was co-equal, co-eternal, co-authoritative, Co omniscient, co omnipresent, co sovereign, with God the Father and the Holy Ghost. Not three Almighties, but one Almighty. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Not three Gods, but one God. And in this Trinity, says the Athanasian Creed, none is afore or after, and none is greater or less, but the three whole persons, are co-eternal, together, co-equal, that all things, as aforesaid, the unity in trinity, and the trinity in the unity are to be worshipped, they're trying to say, they're not trying to say, they are explicitly saying, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are God, not three gods, but one God. So they go on and they say, it is necessary, therefore, to everlasting salvation, to believe rightly, rightly, to believe the right things correctly, and have the right faith. And what is that? That we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ is God and man. He was born in the world, perfect God and perfect man, equal to the Father, as touching his Godhead who although he be God and man, yet he is not two, but one Christ. And then it goes on and says this, God and man in one Christ, who suffered for our salvation, descended into hell, rose again on the third day from the dead. There it is, the biggest story in human history. Rose again on the third day from the dead, ascended into heaven, and now he sitteth on the right hand of the Father God Almighty from whence he shall come. Who's he? Jesus. Shall come to judge. There it is again. The resurrected Christ will come to judge the quick and the dead. Those who are, who are living and those who have already died. And at who's coming and who is who? Jesus. At Jesus' coming, all men shall rise again. Everybody else is going to rise from the dead, like he did. And we will give an account for our works before that judge, Jesus Christ, who proved he is who he claimed to be by rising from the dead. The resurrection matters. Now, these are three creeds, and some would argue, well, they're written hundreds of years after the fact. People made it up as they went along. It was a political Amalgamation of ideas to give Christianity uh, power and influence over culture. This was a creation of Constantine in the Roman Church. Well, you know what? Not really. Can't go there. Because those aren't the earliest Christian creeds. I said I said at the beginning of the show, no, the earliest one that we have, and there could have been earlier ones, but this one we know came within a handful of years, after, and I'm not a, that's not hyperbole, that's not an exaggeration. When I say a handful of years, it's probably the best estimate we have. It comes from the book of 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul, St. Paul, wrote two letters, two epistles to the church of Corinth. The first one is called 1 Corinthians, it's his first letter. The second one is called 2 Corinthians. It's his second letter. He wrote a letter to the Corinthians, to the converts, to the Christians in the town of Corinth. And then he felt it necessary to write them a second letter. The point of these letters was to describe to them, to define for them, what their worldview was. He wanted to make sure they understood the news. And that they weren't building their church, building their community, building their faith, building their own lives, corporately and individually, on fake news. That's the reason he wrote these letters. And in 1 Corinthians, he says this, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and then to the twelve, the other inner circle of Christ. And then he appeared to who? More than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. Though some have fallen asleep and are dead. And then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Close quote, Paul, St. Paul. A man formerly known as Saul who made a living out of persecuting those Christians, killing them. He stood on the sidelines holding the the jackets, the coats of the Pharisees who stood in judgment of history's first recorded martyr of the Christian faith, Stephen. That was Saul standing there cheering on, if not orchestrating, this entire event. And now we have him... As a new creation in Christ, the old is gone. Behold, the new has come. He's born again. He didn't accept the fact that he was born that way. He died to self and he's resurrected again. He's been baptized. That's what the baptism symbolizes. Did you not know that? You you go into the water and you die. You enter into the grave, so to speak. You die to self. That's what being submersed in the water represents. You're dead. You go into the water. You rise again. You are resurrected. A new creation in Christ when you come out and you declare to all, I'm born again. I'm not born that way. I believe this story, this news, not only changed the world, but it changed me. That's the message of baptism, isn't it? I want to go back and read the earliest creed to you again and hear this creed in the context of the other creeds I already read to you. All of the creeds emphasize the one key thing that changed the world, and that is the resurrection. For I deliver to you of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance to the scriptures. He was raised a third day. He resurrected after being in the grave for three days. And he appeared to Peter, and to the twelve, and he appeared to more than 500 others, many of whom, most of whom are still alive, and if this story were false, they'd surely come forward and say, this is fake news. None of them did. He appeared to James, and then all of the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me. That's the earliest Christian creed. Jesus Christ was killed, he was executed, he was buried, and then three days later, he rose from the grave, the resurrection, Easter, Easter. Now, many scholars believe that that creed, that earliest one, originated in the mid-30s, and that would place it only maybe three to eight years after Jesus' resurrection. There wasn't time for this to become myth or legend. The people that were being referred to as witnesses of the event were still alive. Peter could have refuted it. James could have refuted it. John, Thomas, Matthew, they all could have refuted it. They did not. They died for it. The 500 others that we don't necessarily know by name, None of them came forward and said, this is a bunch of baloney. You guys are making this up. It's fake news. None of them served as fact checkers to say, well, the information you're sharing is out of context. We're going to cancel you. We're going to censor you. We're going to crucify you for endangering the public because of your refusal to recant. None of them. None of them. None of the 500 referred to by Paul in that earliest creed did that. If you want to doubt the story, ask yourself that question. Why has it endured? Why has there never been a fact checker to refute it? Why didn't the Romans? They were the equivalent of Facebook and Twitter and Google. and They were the equivalent of Congress at the time. Why wouldn't the Romans, the fact-checkers par excellence, have come forward and said, we've got the body, it's here in the grave, this is nonsense. Why didn't the Pharisees, who orchestrated the execution in the first place, who cried in front of Pilate, crucify him, crucify him? Don't give us Barnabas, kill Christ. Why wouldn't they have served as fact-checkers? Why don't we have any record of that? Don't give me this garbage that the church destroyed it. And there was so much power in the early church that they never disclosed the truth. No, come on. You really don't believe that. You couldn't possibly. For 300 years, the church had no power, they were being killed. There would be record upon record upon record from Rome to Jerusalem, Turkey, and everywhere in between, telling us that it was all a lie. But, those records don't exist. The news story that changed the world is real, folks, and the creeds prove it. The resurrection proves it, and it's the resurrection that can change the world and change you. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Happy Easter.